listen right. to that money talk, Frank. That's right. That's what we're saying, Ben Shapiro. Daily Wire, where are you at, man? I've been waiting by the phone for like fucking a week now. Come on, man. Got you think I'm going to record your conversation? You offer me 50 million? <laughs> I will suck your dick for 50 million. <laughs> I'll suck every circumcised dick at Daily Wire for $50 million contract. <laughs> Hit me up, Ben. Come on. Ben, uh, what is his and, name? No, it's and I speak for I know I speak for both of us, man. $50 million, I'll buy you a lot of Listerine, you know? I'll uh, take your word for that one, um, but... <laughs> <laughs> you just got to pull an Ace Ventura when you're done. <laughs> That's right, dude. The plunger to the face. Einhorn is Finkel. Of course, man. <laughs> <laughs> Finkel is Einhorn. Dude, I went to a, a school. It's like Finkel Elementary. That's oh, all nice. I could think of the whole time. <laughs> Finkel is Einhorn. <laughs> He's got to chew a lot of gum. That's the only. Uh... Einhorn's a man. <laughs> <laughs> the best is when they reveal it, like all the SWAT guys are spitting and everything. <laughs> and they, all, they all made out with him. <laughs> oh, classic, man. They don't make them like they used to, Mike. I'll tell you what. <laughs> well, they can't because now you'd have to have like a real tranny playing that role. Oh, wow. Although, if you put a real tranny in that role, you win an Oscar. Think yeah, man. <laughs> Good call, dude. You could make Ace Ventura an Oscar winning performance. They Just had... throw a tranny in there. <laughs> they had this uh, fella who's... um. A drag queen, he's really well-known, I guess, in the RuPaul's Drag Race television circle and the fans there. But <laughs> apparently, he's uh, he was on GMA. This is like a few, couple weeks ago. And he was talking about how he now needs armed security wherever he goes because there's all these aggressive, MAGA, God-loving, <laughs> anti-queer protesters like showing up armed to his concerts or whatever you do as a I drag queen. <laughs> Dude, he did a whole like they did a whole segment on it, man. It was incredible. Nobody cares about. It. That's like the, nobody really nobody cares. You wish people cared that much. About it. <laughs> well, I was thinking like what kind of tours are these? Like do you have groupies? Are you on a bus? Like What's going on with this situation here? You need security? Like, who finds out about the drag queen tour happening? And... That's, what, that's what I'm doing. No, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, you mean to tell me there's guys out there, totally straight guys, <laughs> who are online right now looking up the next drag show? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know. No, I, I, trust me. Take it from a straight guy. I don't even know where there is this drag show. I don't. I really <laughs> don't know where they keep finding these drag shows. It's funny. I I was kind of thinking the other day uh, in traffic how, you know, most of the time, most when you're dealing with some asshole or some situation, it's not this guy or person personally doing it to you. They're so lost in their own shit and absorbed in their own world. They have no idea they're screwing you on some sense, you know, but it's so easy to take things personally. And uh, I kind of thought like, yeah, I really just don't think there are people out there with personal agendas or vendettas and going after folks and whatnot. And then today we had a driver that had to come back because they were being followed by someone they cut off on the highway. 
Oh, yeah, people don't fuck around when they're driving. Followed. Followed yeah. for, man, 12 minutes of driving, weaving in and out of various totally random streets, eventually he, arriving back at headquarters. He, he probably flicked him off. No, no, I, I actually went out and talked to the fella. Oh, what happened? He was perturbed because in his avoidance of being cut off, had to swerve, allegedly ran over some sort of curb, and that caused issues with his truck. And when he heard the issue, he aggressively followed our driver for several minutes. What kind of truck was it? A very shitty pickup truck. Yeah, boy, come on, model. I need a model here. We're talking probably, I would say, a Chevy Silverado. There's your problem. And I'm saying probably because all the insignia and markings were stripped away. He had no license plate in the rear. And when he claimed he would be back to settle the score, I went to go find his uh, front license plate. He didn't have one of those either. So <laughs> yeah. Definitely a Chevy driver. I'll tell you right now, you hit a curb, doesn't matter how fast. You hit a curb in a Ford truck. You're going to lose half your bed because all the rust is going to fall <laughs> off. No mechanical issues. <laughs> People got some problems these days, man. They got some, uh, they got time to take it, to no, take the time. I'm trying to tell you, man. I'm trying to tell everybody. I'm trying to tell everybody. Here's the problem. That guy's probably on the road all day. And you're, you made a mistake. You did a dick move. And I get it. You just made one. It's just a dick move. On a, no, no problem. Yeah. You're like the thirtieth guy to do it that day. That's right. You know. Oh yeah. And it's like, dude, it just it builds and builds and builds. And when you're on that road all day, people are such assholes. And the problem, the biggest problem is, it's like the smaller, weaker you are, the you're just this. You get in this SUV and you just become the biggest dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a kind of like, like a Napoleon syndrome, uh, you know. Thing oh, it's going not just men, there. dude. Like, no other place do women get like that. <laughs> but you toss like a five-one chick into a fucking, you know, Yukon Denali. Oh yeah. Oh, she's queen of the road. She is the woman king. <laughs> she is fucking conquering that spot on that highway. Oh yeah, you got the Canyon Arrow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, so, man. Uh, <laughs> I kind of, you know, that guy's definitely the asshole in the situation. But I, f I do feel for him, man, because I get, I get to that point. And I've had, to, I've had, I have been to the point where I'm following people, but then I always have somewhere else I got to go, and then I just end up stopping. It's funny you say that. I talked the man off the cliff, essentially. Uh, just a lot, of times you, a lot of times you just want to be heard. Yes. Like, I just want you yes. to understand yes. how shitty it was for you to jet in front yes. of me and then slam on the brakes in your little fucking Prius <laughs> that can stop at 40 feet because it weighs 30 pounds. Okay? Were, but I'm in a fucking two-ton van filled with equipment. <laughs> You're so right on the money, man. You're filled psycho, dude. You're absolutely psycho. You read my mind. Literally, I, I stood there and I said, what's going on? Why don't you tell me what happened? And he just went into extreme detail, told me every element from his point of view, how angry he was. He was shaking. He was just so angry. He asked about insurance, and I said, well, did, she, did, did this driver hit you? And he paused for like 35 seconds, you know, just really thinking hard. 
And he's just, he knew it. He knew it right there. No, nothing happened. Nothing actually happened. He was just pissed. He needed, he needed to just scream his pissedness at us. And he, he just did. wanted somebody to know. He did. And you know what? The he point just wanted was, you to know. The point was taken. We heard him loud and clear. And I actually told him, I said, look, man, I've been in your position. I know it sucks to get cut off like that. <laughs> <laughs> I understand, man. Oh, that's all he wanted. That's all he wanted. <laughs> He see, good job, Frank. I'm giving you. you know, <laughs> so somebody, somebody should give this guy a Nobel Prize. I showed he just him. Did more, he just did more for peace on Earth than Barack Obama ever did. I'll tell you that. I much. wanted my my friend here to understand. Look, I'm there with you. I've been in your shoes. I know it sucks. <laughs> and God, you know, damn it, I hate these people too. And there's nothing we can do, man. There's literally nothing we can do. Listen, is he an idiot? Yeah, but he's the only one I got. You, you really want to hang him? We really got to hang him? He's my idiot, man. I got to defend him here. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell he doesn't have much defense because he sent out a 5-7 Italian. <laughs> hey, Mike, out here in Colorado... Dude from Chicago, I'm the scariest guy they got. Yeah, I was just thinking about that 5'7", 135. You're a monster out there. It's not I gotta just, move. I think it's the, unpre- like, I, you don't know what I'm a, capable of. You don't know what I got going on, you know? Yeah, but it doesn't matter how tall they are. Everybody in Colorado is 135 pounds. <laughs> so, like, you're 5'7", 135. You're just more dense than the guy who's 6'1", 135. Right. I eat more he's, meat. He's stretched out. <laughs> You know? He's eating those fucking impossible burgers over there. <laughs> He's looking at you like, whoa, chubby. What are you doing? <laughs> How many cows got a fart in the atmosphere to maintain that body? <laughs> well, the traffic's bad, man. It's bad because the idiots are out there. And look, we could go back to a golden era, to a time long forgotten where, honestly, man, you know, it was tough. It was the lockdowns, right, in 2020. But, Mike, the roads were clear, man. Oh, God, it was the best. Listen, I had to shit in the back of my van in a bucket. <laughs> Those are the good old days, man. Oh, the, the good bucket. old days. And you know what, man? There's a lot of people out there, especially this current generation, millennials. You know what the worst part about that was? Shitting in is the bucket. It really made you realize <laughs> how useless everybody is. Because... The highways were open, everything was free-flowing, because it was just the important people out there driving. Dude, and not only that, now that these useless people are back on the roads, they don't want to be back. They want to go back to, you know, the good old days, Mike, of working from home. Oh, let them. The days of working from home are fading for more employees, now being called back to the office. Stop right there. Disney recently announced. Stop right there. Stop right there. Oh Stop my god! Right there. That's a record. That's <laughs> seven right seconds. There. We've never, we've never stopped did at seven bitch, seconds. Did that bitch just say fading? <laughs> Who the fuck is still working from home because of COVID? <laughs> Are there people still working from home because of COVID? Mike, it's a pandemic, baby. Oh, shut the fuck up! Lock it down, man. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Mask it up. People Pre- are still working from home because of COVID. No, they're doing it because they're fucking lazy. That's why they're working from home. I thought this work from home ended so long ago. Honestly, so did I. I Holy shit. could not believe this is from today, my man. It's employees. I thought work from work. home became a joke, just like get your booster. <laughs> Boost! <laughs> 
Well, like, <laughs> most of these people have to work from home because they're boosted. That's why, dude. They can't oh, move. That's they got cerebral palsy. <laughs> half their face is fucking uh, shifted I'm, down south. Like I'm, they they can't uh, they can't go back to work. How you sheep with paralyzed faces? Yes. <laughs> spend four days a week on site. CEO Bob Iger writing in a letter, nothing can replace the ability to connect, observe, and... Uh, Bob Iger, president or uh, current or new CEO or whatever of uh, Disney. Create with peers that comes from being physically together. Assuming the media he's a f- Among the latest to ramp up time in person in <laughs> or at least months, half, I don't know. Move met by by. frustration from some. When your job that was once work from home starts making everyone go back into the office multiple times a week. Despite high demand, the number of remote roles is rapidly shrinking, according to LinkedIn, making up 13 percent of job postings compared to 21 percent less than a year ago. And a lot of that has to do with 13 yeah. percent. One out of ten. One out of ten, dude. What? What are you people doing? One out of ten of you. <laughs> you know, quit your job. It, no, it's like one out of eight and a half. Half. One out of eight and a half of you is fucking working from home? <laughs> yeah, dude. What the fuck? You know how many plumbers are working from home? Zero. Zero plumbers have been allowed to work from home since 2019 to present. <laughs> are you telling me fucking one out of eight and a half of you assholes? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> There's, you know, uh, I... I have a grocery store nearby where I work, and for my lunch break, dude, I go there to get groceries for dinner for uh, at night. I get about 30 minutes, you know, tops in this place. There are so many dudes my age in this joint at fucking 1130. I'm like, what? Either they're on lunch like I am, which I don't think so, because I take an early lunch. <laughs> And they're in their PJs. You know how many fucking people I see? <laughs> no, I was about to say, very, if you're the only one not in sweatpants, no, there's something wrong here. No, I'm wearing fucking business. These are people in their sweats and sweatpants. I can't get over the pajama pants I've been seeing in public at the grocery store on a Tuesday afternoon. You want to hear about the most insane phenomenon happening in the black community? <laughs> I can't wait, dude. I know you haven't seen this because you don't have the black community like we do. Oh, yes, I live in Denver, and uh, that's right. <laughs> oh, wait. So the black community... Dude, it's like these onesie pajamas. Uh, onesie, like, with the it's buttons like a, in the It's like back. an adult onesie pajama thing. <laughs> you talking about the one that has the patch in the ass with the two buttons, so you can... Uh... No, no, no. This is like... <laughs> it's like galaxies all over it, right? And there's like a hood. No, 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 dude. Zips up the, yes. It zips up the front. I have seen these, and I've seen people wearing space-themed um, pajama pants. Maybe what I'm seeing is the actual jumpsuit, but with a coat on top. Mm. I, are they uh, are they like a hundred pounds overweight? I would argue it's um, it's a millennial. No, these it, people are. This is a young person <laughs> thing. This is a weird one. Oh no, these people are not young. No, but I'm saying young by like thirties. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like... Dude, 30's uh, not young, man. Mike, 30's the new uh, 20. Where no, you at? Not. Where you at? Come on. Go hit on a 20-year-old. You'll feel like a creep real quick. Yeah, see, I don't see what the 20-year-olds are wearing because I avoid those crowds. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I see uh, what the 30-year-olds are wearing. The PJs. <laughs> yeah. The PJs. And when I mean young, like, I'm at the grocery store... You're there midday. You expect to see the old folk, right? That's when they go. 
the younger guys in the PJs. What are we doing here? What's going on? You're oh, obviously yeah. one. You're one of these one out of ten who and, are complaining. What kills, me, dude, what kills me is you guys. You matched the PJs with the sneakers. <laughs> So you're wearing the red PJ pants and the red sneakers. Like, you put that much thought into looking like a piece of shit. <laughs> you right? got to match. You know, you got to... It's got a vibe together. And then you got, right? the, you, know, you got the red PJs, the red sneakers, the red hat. Oh, yeah. Dude, why not, why not just switch out those PJs, pair of pants, and go get a job? <laughs> Mike... We don't want to work. And when I say we, I'm saying this is our generation, man. This is what we're talking about here. And then the one below us. So nobody wants to work. And uh, they want to be able to live their entire life in their PJs and slippers. It's such a terrible life. It's so gross and sedentary. Dude, I, I like, swear to God, I, I get like my third day off in a row and I'm like looking at the clock like, dude, I gotta go. I gotta go back to work. <laughs> I, why is it joyful or how is it joyful to be unproductive? Yeah, to just do nothing. It's good for like a couple days. Absolutely. But, I love a good do nothing day once in a great while, but. Uh, dude, just like miss man. a weekend, just sleep through it. It's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Do that every day of your life? Come on. I'm just thinking, if you're working from home, you're not waking up very early. You're not forcing yourself to wake up early. There's no way. Dude, you're not going out into the world. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're just in this cave. You're fucking uh, Bruce Willis in that one movie, uh, The Clones. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? With the robots? Yeah, I do. Uh, the name escapes me offhand, but... It was a good movie. Replicas. Yeah, really good movie. All right, not too bad. Well, let's hear more about why the kids aren't all right right now. Employers starting to pull back, uh, starting to say, we are still hiring, but we want you on site. We want you in place. In search of a hybrid work model, among other things, <laughs> tech researcher Alicia Takaoka expanded her job beyond the U.S. <laughs> that used to just be a given. <laughs> I give you a I give you a job you show up. <laughs> they used to, they used to be like step one of your job. Everybody's job started with show up. Yeah, that's right. That, right, like that was just on Monday. You start Monday. Like, <laughs> then uh, the end of the week is Friday. Come back on Monday. <laughs> you come back again. Yeah. <laughs> it's called work. Same time. <laughs> Same place. <laughs> Sometimes they do throw in a curveball. You'll get a Monday off. Oh. Martin Luther King Day, <laughs> President's Day. We call those bank holidays, see? Yeah, yeah, but guess what, Frank? You just come back on Tuesday. Same thing. It's like it never even happened. The little hiccup. It's crazy how that works. Same time. Same place. <laughs> like, like that used to be step one. No. No, Mike, you, you're, you got it all wrong, man. <laughs> You're missing the <laughs> point of life, dude. It's all about having a work-life balance, bro. Come on. Could you imagine being? Could you imagine being the recruiter for these companies? Like, how many guys did you get through before you're like, man, I really got to put in the posting. You got to actually show up to work to have this <laughs> <Yeah>. job. <laughs> like, how frustrating was it? All the Monday through Fridays are in bold, you know, red colored, <laughs> underlined. There's a bunch of stars around them. Must show up. Must attend. 
<laughs> oh, this is great. This, oh, this is wonderful. This, this only exists because it's white people jobs that can be done from home. The minute yes. you can start cleaning an office building from your house, they're going to put a kibosh on that. And look, all you coders out there and office people who just want to work from home, you better start showing up to the office because Microsoft, uh, Amazon, Apple, all these places, they're cutting tens of thousands of jobs by the week. Oh, dude. You want to hear my conspiracy? Oh, yeah. Dude, I think this was a setup. I think you just, you had too much complacency, you had too much just, the workforce was lacking, you know? We were too entitled, too privileged, right? Absolutely, man. So what did all these big companies do? All of them, all of the big companies just happened to overhire for two years? A little strange. They said it was compensation for the effects of the over, you know, um, consumption through the pandemic. No, dude, this was a this was a calculated decision, dude. They they did it. Nobody could understand why. There's so many jobs. They're, they're, everybody was quitting and going to new jobs. Oh, and yeah. this and that. You know what I mean? That's it was right, just a man. fucking it was workers' paradise. That, yes. And then what happens? All at once, they just decide. Ah, you know what? We got too many. Dump them. You know what they did? They weeded out the losers. Wow. The, now you know who's loyal and who's not. Now you know who's worth keeping around and who you don't give a fuck about. <clears throat> how so? Like, how did you weed these losers out? Uh, the minute the minute there was a better offer on the table, those people jump shit. Oh uh, yeah, you got the uh, the weasels. Okay, I got you. If you have a guy <laughs> at your company right now who showed up every day during the pandemic, that's right. Right. He continued to show up when there were all these job openings. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody did it. We all did it. We all looked on Indeed, and there were offers for better money, you know? Absolutely. So now you know if you got a guy that stayed with you through all that, that's a good, loyal employee, and, you know, probably should reward him. And I I bet you're going to start seeing those people not only keep their jobs, but move up. And then all you fucking losers that quit your jobs and were playing the system, I got a year of unemployment, and then I went and got a better job, you know? Oh, oh, all yeah. right. Well, now you're fucking laid off, and Ooh. I guarantee you, you're going to be below the guys who worked the whole time next time you get a job. Wow, good call, my man. Okay, I see what your, uh, where your angle is here. Very nice. <clears throat> uh, you know, that's they a- separated <laughs> out the, the week from the, the ones that want to work. It's possible, uh, you know, also. Dude, I, <laughs> I know for you, too, man, like, my life got so much better during, it continues to get better. Ever since COVID started, my life started getting better. I literally got promoted almost right away because other plumbers quit because mm. they were too afraid, you know? It was I, like, yeah. <laughs> it was literally like, if you just, like, all you had to do was show up, which apparently is still a problem, <laughs> and for that year, you were, you were, you were the king. I would say that 
for the world, it was the great reset or the attempt to do so. But for myself, as a result, I had my own mini reset and I took it as an opportunity to, you know, enjoy a little time that I never had before because I spent the previous 15, 20 years working food lines and in bars and stuff and late nights. And then I looked for a new path. And uh, I was shocked uh, looking back on it, or I am shocked that. Most people didn't. You're right. Most people just took advantage and thought that uh, when they came back, they'd have the $15 minimum wage and everything would be honky-dory and good times, great oldies. But uh, a lot of people, uh, I think, kind of made the wrong choice there uh, during the pandemic. Absolutely. That's too bad, man. And look, I know a lot of uh, people in the tech world and stuff who did a lot of that jumping ship and what have you and not too sure how successful it was for them but ultimately i do think the all the job markets were highly inflated on a labor pay wage scale and i think that now what you're seeing is we gotta trim this fat that we have where we're paying people you know way too much for jobs that we could pay someone a lot less for yeah. Well, look I, at Twitter. That's industry. That guy, that guy, industry Twitter fired half their staff. Now, still running flawlessly. I've never had a problem. I've believed this uh, theory with most places of business. You could probably cut 10 to 20% of who's there. And fl- <laughs> there are people, the hard workers will pick up the slack. <laughs> God, you'd be a great manager. <laughs> I am one. So uh, here we go. Uh, we're going to keep rolling down. <laughs> we're going to fire 70% and work the other 30 to the, until they're dead. <laughs> this is Coca-Cola, right? right. Look, <laughs> like it's the American way. All right, let's, uh, I, I really love this because <clears throat> they're going to interview some people. And the oh, way... I can't, I can't oh, believe 13% are still working from what's home, so dude. Beautiful, <laughs> what's so beautiful about this is... You can almost hear them. You can hear their voices almost start to like hear themselves and how kind of just piss and bratty they sound. You know, just how just <laughs> entitled little, just ah, uh, you know what I mean. That's how you sound. All right, here we go. Having a house if you don't get to spend it there because oh, you're here, commuting. I'm, gonna, I'm actually gonna go back just a little bit here and then uh, we're gonna hit it. There we go. Akaoka expanded her job search beyond the U.S. What good is having a house if you don't get to spend it there because you're commuting to work? And um, what good is having a job if you can't enjoy any time off? The mounting pressure in the U.S. to return to the office wow. comes as survey suggests some workers Go are work dialing it back on the job. A new Gallup poll found less than a third of workers are engaged with their position. Yeah, they don't even give them time off to jump off the building. <laughs> no, they got are the slide, remember? Well, you got to build up the, t- the, the vacation time. <laughs> Minimum wage equals minimal effort. <laughs> Hashtags like work your wage and quiet quitting catching fire. You can't expect people to show up, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed, but then also ask them to work unreasonable hours and take on tasks that are way outside the scope of their roles. Career coach Mandy Woodruff Santos says it's all about striking a balance. It's you your manager's job to get as much out of you as you can. A thousand percent. What people are valuing more than more than ever is their own version of what they want, their work and their personal life. You see, boss, 
I've been imagining my own version of this job that you hired me for. You see, and what I've been imagining is I work a lot less and you pay me a lot more. You see what I'm saying, boss? You see, boss, the vision I have of this job involves you handing me a lot more money and me cleaning a lot less toilets. And then I'm going to take a bunch of time off and you're not going to care. See how it goes? Boss, you see? You see this world that I'm imagining where I, your employee, boss you, the boss around? You see how this works? Uh, oh, how are you going to make profits? Well, you see, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah, where, where do people get off thinking about this? I've never once in my life thought, of, you know, I'm, I'm going to march into work today and tell my boss, listen here, I'm working less and you're paying me more, damn it. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? What are these people? I need work-life balance, asshole. Like, what are these people thinking? <laughs> where do you get this nonsense in your brain this is the ultimate level this is the apex of of entitlement we've reached you can it. Hear it in her voice you can hear it <laughs> it's like dude what? i'm really confused what are you guys complaining about here <laughs> like, you know what the problem is work. all you fucking people like Nobody told you life was supposed to stop being wonderful and magical <laughs> after 18. Now you're supposed to be an adult. It's I not just, a Disney like, World fairy tale. I want to go back you know? in time to, like, to the guys coming home from D-Day who went back to work and lived their <laughs> lives, you know? The survivors of D-Day in World War II, and they're just back to just work in the factory. I want to bring a clip of these fucking pissant... <laughs> Loser, moron, lazy, good for nothing, entitled brats. I just want to show them yeah. this video and be like, look, look what you sacrificed for. Look, look at the work you do now. A hundred, what, 70 years from now, nobody's going to care because they want to fucking work from home. From home. That, that is a dude, that is a good And you know what? That is why I really believe we need. To start forcing everybody to do two years of military. Because that is like one thing they really gave me. One, one of the many gifts they gave me was the ability to just look at a situation and look at something and say, God, there's nothing I want to do less than this right now. But I just do it. You know? Absolutely. It's like, I mean, that's one thing the army really does teach you is just, it, what are you going to, you got no choice. Nobody else here, you gotta do it. Do it. Hell yeah, man. And I, I'm yeah. very grateful for this clip because I've been able to utilize the word pissant twice now. This is uh, Pepino's, what, one of Pepino's favorite words, if you uh, don't recall. <laughs> so You gotta reserve it for specific type of people. To look like. <laughs> so, I mean, with low right, unemployment, a lot of people think employees are in the driver's seat. Yeah, so, if they want to the change seat, their baby. work situation, what are some of the options there? And especially if people have concerns when it comes to feeling like they're being pushed back to mm -hmm. the office, a couple of things that you should keep in mind. The first thing you want to do is make sure you have a full understanding of your company's policies, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to understanding the policies around remote work. Prepare a proposal and make sure it leans heavily into how is my situation going to benefit the company <laughs> and then address any concerns head on. Set up oh a one on one meeting with your manager. Oh, one of the things people. we've seen suffer the most is communication and connection <laughs> mm -hmm. for the past couple of years. A lot of bosses are saying it's time, though. That's what we're noticing. Yes, that sure. trend is yeah. here, too. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, see yeah. The oh, yeah. Again, Thank you, Emily. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. What the fuck?
Go to work. Oh, but, you know, if you're not happy, remember to put together a nice memo, give it to your boss, and tell them how you imagine a much better work environment for yourself. This is crazy Make sure you include how that vision would benefit the company. (laughs) Oh, man. So, that's my deep dive, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they don't want to work, huh? Gen Z, who's Gen Z? <laughs> Gen Z is after us, right? The the millennial generation. Uh, after the millennial. Yeah. Is that what we're a part of? Is there really know. anybody after the millennials? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I don't know. I feel like it's all millennials, actually. All the way down. I think millennials are going to end, end America. Really? Is that... We're the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> We're the black sheep we'll of all the, generations. We'll be the end. Yeah, really. Yeah. All right, man. Doesn't sound too good, but you know, hey, we had a good run, right? Yeah, it's been good. A couple hundred years. Can't complain. Can't complain, man. And uh, at least we were uh, able to um, live through the the golden era of being a youth, which was the '80s, in my opinion. 80s and 90s. and yeah, I don't uh, really remember the 80s, but the 90s were great. Well, we were little kids in the 80s in our formative years, and that's when we got introduced to uh, really great primetime television, my man, which was Sesame Street, Mike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I got some bummer news, man, because the creator of Sesame Street took a booster. The man who helped create Sesame Street, which now reaches more than 120 million children, has died. His name is Lloyd Morissette. He died at the age of 93. Morissette worked with a television producer and developmental psychologist to create the show. They recruited Jim Henson, who brought Sesame Street to life with his puppets. The first episode aired in November of 1969. In a statement, Sesame Workshop said Morissette was a wise, thoughtful, and above all, kind leader who constantly thought about new ways to educate. Wow. God bless him. That's crazy. Sesame Street has been on the air for that long. 1969 since Woodstock? Yeah, man. Wow. The real summer of love. Not like that bogus 2020 summer of love. I gotta tell you, here's my problem with you uh, vaccines killing everybody, people. Oh, yeah. Bring it on. Okay. He's 93. Right? And and I I keep telling this to people. It's just like if I had a 1973 Ford F-100. Oh, yeah. Right? And it never took care of it, never did nothing. Right? I go hit a speed bump and my axle breaks in half. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. The yeah. the speed bump killed the truck, right? But it was the three hundred thousand miles leading up to that that really set up that speed bump. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you know, I you also know? I like your slight callback to my story from earlier. Callback. That was a nice guy truck, old truck hitting a bump. Well, got trucks on the top of my mind. Uh, top of ooh, top of mind, top of mind. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna come clean with you. I didn't think this was vaccine based. Okay, good. <clears throat> I was joking about that. However, it's 93. Even if it is the vaccine, it's like dude, you could give him a fucking just giving him an IV could give him an infection and kill him. You know? I, yes, someone could sneeze on the old guy and he could die from it. Honestly, it's just when you're 93, 
it's you're in the time, the time to go, right? That's the time zone. Uh, that's not why I found this story fascinating. Actually, I mean, when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's that's on you know that's that's uh sad that he's gone, but he lived a very fulfilling life, and I was interested in his career and the you know what Sesame Street did for our culture, right? I mean, it really. It kind of uh, introduced a lot of stuff back in the days, uh, you know, I was just thinking about like, you know, the civil rights movement and it was around uh, during a lot of tragedies where they had to kind of imagine Sesame Street, how they had to explain 9-11 to kids and stuff like that, right? Vietnam. Yeah, dude, like so many. Been around that long. So many things have occurred. I thought, wow, that's incredible that this program has been there on public access channel for the kids of this nation to kind of have a, a clear understanding of what was going on in the real world. And I was checking out the NPR article about this fella, and it, it was, you know, uh, talking about all his accomplishments and how he came around to creating Sesame Street. And I was really getting into the article, and then it, it got to some of the, you know, most important parts of Sesame Street and what it's really mostly remembered for, Mike. And this is from uh, NPR, and it says, uh, It was among the first shows on television to show black and white children playing together and after the murder of George Floyd. Sesame Street partnered with CNN to host a town hall about racism. Yes, yes. I'm reading about the fucking guy who created Sesame Street and the most important accomplishment of Sesame Street was showing black and white kids playing together after the the death of George Floyd. The show's been on since 1969. Yes! That was the most important part of that fucking 50-year run? Yeah, not Princess Diana, 9-11, uh, you know, the blowjob scandal in the White House. I don't know. If the I time we invaded the Middle East. Either either one. Both times. Uh, the time <laughs> a president stole the election. Pick one. <laughs> Just like... In that, in that span, dude, you had fucking Nixon. You had fucking Reagan. You had fucking... Honestly, like when Reagan got shot. All jokes aside, all with that stuff, I really thought like, wait. Wasn't this around during Rodney King? Like, that was like... Oh, shit, dude, you had Rodney King? <laughs> that was like the most... You had OJ? That's what I'm saying. But Rodney Remember King was... Big Bird put on the glove? <laughs> like, Rodney King was way more intense than George the Floyd. George Floyd. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, it was, dude. That was I... the first time it was captured on tape. Nobody believed cops <laughs> were beating up black men. And then we all watched that tape, and you just heard the collective, Ooh, uh, okay, they might be right. <laughs> this one's not going to go away. Uh, <laughs> we all knew it. Did they, uh, at least they're not using the stick. Ah, God damn it, why'd they pull out the stick? There's right. this, there's a documentary uh, floating around, and it has a, there's some clips from it of, um, the, they interviewed one of the ladies that was a juror at the OJ trial, and she full-on admits that she yeah. she freed him because of the Rodney King incident. We, yeah, it was payback. It was payback, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, they openly say it, yeah. <laughs> Rodney King. What did I tell you, dude? Rod, OJ is free because of Rodney King. That's right, man. Kyle Rittenhouse is free because of Derek Chauvin. Wow, it's just... We go tip for tat. 
we go tit for tat, man. That's how it goes. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Rittenhouse is really just a glorified OJ. <laughs> no different. It's so wild that you are so correct with this analogy. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm spot on. It's people spot just don't give me credit. It's so The problem is I can never bring it up because as soon as I bring it up, people just call me a racist and nobody wants <laughs> no. I got to stop saying it with the N-word. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh shit, man! That is so hilarious. It, it it's really spot on. You're right. We um we did a trade. It was a moral, societal trade. We and beat up Ken. We beat up Rodney. We'll give you OJ. <laughs> hey, we locked up Chauvin. Give us give us Kyle. He's a good kid. He's got a good future. Come on. <laughs> That's so funny, man. It's not funny because it's uh, based in a lot of tragedy, but uh... and it, no, no, it really worked out great because Rodney <laughs> King was just some piece of shit black guy that nobody really cared about. OJ was the juice, you know what I mean? So yeah, everybody man. rather see, you know, it was like, all right, this is kind of a fair trade. And then Derek Chauvin was just kind of some like jaded piece of shit cop, right? Calvin has this like you know bright eyed young kid with the got into college, you know? Oh, he's it's running. Fair trade. You'd look out. Fair trade. He's running for Congress, baby. He's going to gonna go for the Senate. Point is, I would sacrifice else. a Rodney any day for an OJ, and I'd sacrifice a Chauvin any day for uh, a Kyle. You so, know, I think I agree with you. It's uh, <laughs> Society won. It was a fair trade. That's why, that's why nobody's complaining about either one. <laughs> we all went on with our lives. <laughs> we all went on with our lives. But Kyle went to college. The Juice has a podcast where he criticizes everybody else's life decisions. <laughs> it's, like, it's crazy. <laughs> in the meantime I'm, I'm assuming Rodney died of an overdose and Chauvin's <laughs> riding away in prison in the end they will all have podcasts so I think everybody wins <laughs> that's how it works we should get the four of them together that would be a podcast <laughs> now that's a panel that I want to listen to absolutely dude. it can't be worse than Gutfeld <laughs> Gutfeld's like the highest rated late night talk show. And and that is just a testament to how bad late night TV is. <laughs> S- Stephen Colbert, I'm not even joking. You should hang yourself from the NBC <laughs> building, dude. That's not- You're losing to Gutfeld? Yeah, he's definitely lo- they're losing bad to Gutfeld. Uh, but I think did you like for like ten years you were the main source for like a whole generation of like news. I imagine more people on the right subscribe to cable or satellite television, and therefore are uh, more tuned in, whereas people on the left are like YouTubers and uh, you know. I disagree. I think it's just because it's too sad. If you turn, if you turn on the TV and you're <clears throat> like mom and dad, they 
even they don't like CNN. And when they talk about it, it's really funny because they prefer MSNBC. Oh, that's like uh, the trash version of CNN. I uh, know they don't know it though. Don't tell them they're <laughs> trashy. But uh, so they they go and get their readout and do a little uh, Velshi yeah. and then uh, close it out with uh, that one babe. What's her name? I can't remember. Stephanie the Rule. Point, oh yeah. The point is, if you're on the if you're on the left, dude, you just you could pick a channel. Pick a channel. It's yours. Good if call. you're on the right, you only got one. You got Newsweek, right? Isn't Newsweek? Uh, Newsmax. Got... Max, sorry. Yeah, it's all the same. Same shit. <laughs> uh, it's terrible. Have you, seen, have you watched it? I'll, we, uh, we listen to some clips from it from time to time, actually. I don't take anybody serious that interviewed Dinesh. Oh, Fuck yeah, I know. Me. You're on the anti-Dinesh train. <laughs> Fuck Dinesh. I know, but uh, Newsmax uh, sometimes will be the only one to do a little Hunter action. Like there's some like uh there's some things that even Fox News doesn't touch cuz Fox News is still in that you know that group. How do you think they get it on cable? It is, it has been bothering me ever since the Crowder thing. It, once you point it's like one of those things once you point it out. It is true. Daily Wire, you do not cross a line. No way, man. So they they are towing that line. They and are you realize yes. it is because they're you know they're all about the profit Profit comes from not getting kicked off YouTube. So you, whether you want to believe it or not, you are following a left-wing agenda, Daily Wire, because you're following YouTube. I 100% agree, and I'll <clears throat> compare it to <clears throat> the Steve Dace show. Steve Dace is on Blaze TV. Uh, he's very religious, right? Uh, his podcast is actually really interesting. He was uh, very fascinating to listen to throughout the COVID pan, uh, pandemic lockdowns and the vaccine rollout. Uh, him and his guys there wrote some fun, quick reads about Fauci. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of big press and play, and I think the religious aspect is what keeps him down, but he sneaks on to Fox News from time to time, and so does Adam Carolla, who's a big critic. So Fox is this weird place where they will allow these, I would almost say, like, out, outsider podcasters, you know? Who they are, throw a dog a bone you once know what I'm saying? To, make, to make them seem yeah. like they're not, you know? Exactly. Like, exactly. They, they toss them out there, but even still, <clears throat> like Steve Dace, if you listen to his show, uh... You know, he, he everything he's got has the COVID restrictions label on it. <laughs> you know, he he just goes like a rabid dog after it and Fauci and everything. He's he's obsessed with it and it's fantastic. Uh, but when I that's kind of when I cued into the Daily Wire and I thought, man, you guys don't have any of that. Like I could listen to Matt Walsh or. Uh, Michael Knowles all day, and there's nothing about COVID nineteen this or any. Res- you know what I'm saying? Nothing that's not already printed in the New York. You know, the, and they the had New a York weird. Times. Do you remember there was this moment where Matt Walsh got suspended from Twitter because he was doing his crusade against uh, the trans movement and all that, and that seemed really kind of phony. And so ever since that kind of period in time, I thought. Well, there really are people out there who are actually saying stuff and they get slapped with restrictions and they don't get any real major press. Like, how often do you hear people talking about the Steve Dace show? 
right? Yeah, never. Never. Oh, fucking I'll tell you, never. It's bullshit, because, dude, well, she got suspended for 24 hours. I know a man who's been suspended for two years. <laughs> two years. <laughs> well, I mean, Alex Jones suspended from everything forever. <laughs> Forever's a real long time. That's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking like forever in our timeline or just all timelines that ever exist? Forever. Forever. Um, but someone who's not kicked off forever. And Mike, I can't believe we didn't kick off the show with this man. Probably the hottest news on the planet. That's all they're talking about. Right That's why now. I wanted to get it out there. We got to talk about it. You know what I'm going after. Here we go. Trump. Meta says it will restore his Facebook and Instagram accounts after two years suspension. Chief Washington correspondent Jonathan Carl has the details. Good morning, John. Good morning, George. Meta President Nick Clegg put out a lengthy statement overnight explaining the company's decision to allow Trump back on Facebook and Instagram. That statement reads, in part, the normal state of affairs is that the public should be able to hear from a former president and a declared candidate for that office again on our platforms. Now that the time of the suspension has elapsed, the question is not whether we choose to reinstate Mr. Trump's accounts, but whether there remain such extraordinary circumstances that extending that suspension is justified. They ultimately decided that the risk of Trump uh, provoking more violence had, quote, sufficiently receded to allow him back. And keep in mind, Trump had a combined 60 million followers on Facebook and Instagram. And this was, in some ways, a much more powerful tool for him uh, than Twitter used for fundraising and political advertising. As one of his former campaign managers said of the 2016 campaign, Twitter was how he talked to the people. Facebook was how we won. Uh, the company says there are new guardrails this time. There are rules that uh, Trump must follow, and then if he violates those rules, his campaign will be suspended again. George. Wow. Did you see the rules <clears throat> on whether, like, how they're going to determine if he's all right, if his tweets are good? <laughs> no. So one of them is like, if he decides to like incite another January sixth, oh, of course, of course, it's like, dude, like how serious is January sixth that you got a timeout for two years from Facebook? No jail time. <laughs> the Facebook timeout. I uh, saw this, man, and I thought, I don't care. And I actually stopped caring about Trump. Yeah, I stopped caring about Facebook a long time ago. And yeah, I definitely stopped caring about Trump. I realized when this came out today, I hadn't thought about Donald Trump in a long time. Yeah, because you're, you're a Republican. <laughs> Democrats <laughs> think about him every day. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Do you think Rob Reiner sleeps on Donald Trump bedsheets with Donald Trump pajamas? <laughs> Yeah, but he like took a sharpie and circled and put a, a line <laughs> through all the faces. What if he just secretly loves Trump? That's what I imagine. So, I feel like you have to. I feel like you have to to hate somebody that much. Why do you right? think they finally announced? Oh, we're we're letting Trump back on. Right, did you see Trump. Did you see Trump's response? No, what did he say, man? 
He said, of course they're letting me back on. The company's lost a billion dollars in the last... <laughs> One of their top fucking performers. Thank dude. you, dude. You're you exactly where I was going with this. You know, you guys fucking castrated your fucking golden goose there. You know, they just laid off tens of thousands of employees. Nobody uses Facebook or Meta, whatever that is supposed to be. And Did you see that thing from the uh, the investors? They don't even know what Meta is. So no, nobody wants it, and you can't compete with TikTok. That's the no. bottom line at this point. Did you see his last announcement? He's like, it's the same meta, but we're going to put legs on him. Oh, Bro, God. the problem wasn't the lack of legs. <laughs> you know? I, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that meta dies and we, and at the same time that they're ending the work from home. You know what's so funny about all this? To, when the lockdowns were going on, they were so sure on selling us the idea that this is the new normal. The new normal, man. That was the... And uh, from here on I, I, out, uh, you're working from home, and you're using VR nope. technology to do your VR meetings on Zoom. This is the new normal. Uh, dude, I remember telling everybody, dude, I remember having so many arguments where I'm like, this is not the new normal. Like, no, no, have you tried the Zoom? Zoom is the Zoom? The Zoom? Oh, is it really? <laughs> I would literally say, is it really that much better than Skype? It's better, but is it really that much better? <laughs> Right? And everything is better in person. I'm telling you this, everything. Here's the the fucking problem. I understand you don't want to drive to work, and nobody does. But if you say I'm not going to drive into the office, there's going to be somebody that will. Life is better. And do a better job. (laughs) Dude, just life is better in person. Meeting people is better in person. Music, live music is better in person. Sex, sex is better in person. They want to push this virtual everything world, and it's just not enjoyable. Nobody wants to live like that. I don't know, man. I'm waiting for that demolition man helmet sex. Helmet sex, I'm down. I'm, I'm totally <laughs> down. You can fuck a prostitute and not worry about the STDs. You know? <laughs> Look. Don't got to wear a condom or nothing. All right. I, all right. I'll take that one. Okay. I'm down with helmet sex. <laughs> <laughs> Demolition Man. The only reason I accept that is because Demolition Man has essentially predicted our entire future. <laughs> like, and the only reason I would accept that future is because they still had Taco Bell. Yes. You know what's funny? They even predicted the size of food. It's like these tiny uh, portions. and <laughs> I think they thought they were in Europe or something, because we're going the opposite way. I got Taco Bell the other day, and the shit was, like, didn't even fit in the tortilla. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? It's insane. It is absolutely, it is absolutely insane. You go to Taco Bell. If I order a Taco Supreme with no sour cream, oh yeah, <clears throat> I get the sour cream. Of course. If I order a regular taco but add the tomatoes, oh yeah, it's a fucking fifty-fifty on whether or not they put the sour cream on. <laughs> because, and I know what it is, it's because they hire these fucking monkeys. <laughs> and I don't mean black; I just mean fucking as dumb as a monkey. <laughs> 
And these fucking monkeys sit there, they put the tortilla, they put the meat, they put the cheese, they put the lettuce, oh, put tomato? That means I gotta put the sour cream. <laughs> I don't want the Taco Supreme. <laughs> want a regular taco, but add the tomatoes. I just want the tomatoes. I want Taco Supreme with no sour cream. <clears throat> I hate sour cream. <laughs> you don't like the sour cream? No, it's the fucking worst. What's wrong with sour cream, man? Did I ever tell you about Uncle Guy and the sour cream? I can't wait to hear this one. Dude, I forgot what job we were doing, but we were there for like, you know how it like carried out for like four weeks. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like four weeks in a row we go to this Mexican restaurant. And he kept ordering the torta with no mayo. And okay. then he, he would get okay. it. He'd be like, God damn it. They always put it in here. <laughs> it wasn't until like the third day where I realized it was sour cream. <laughs> I was like, dude, this is a Mexican restaurant. I don't even think they have mayonnaise in this restaurant. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure they don't even have mayonnaise in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he thought it was mayo every time. <laughs> He kept thinking it was mayo, but it was, but it was sour, sour cream. Was... He kept being so mad. <laughs> and every time he told them no mayo, they looked at him like he was an idiot. Like, they didn't even know what he was saying. <laughs> I, I can't. I would love to hear what they said. Mayo in Spanish is just the month of May. <laughs> mayo? Mayo? No, no, it's February. February. <laughs> no, no, see, February. Febrero. <laughs> Oh, no, no mayo. Oh, that's so good. So he kept getting the sour cream, but you guys kept going back, and uh, he still ate it. Well, he kept going. Cream. I kept. I kept. I was like, dude, we gotta go back. I loved it because I kept ordering my burrito with no sour cream. Oh right, I got you. It was great. And then the finally the last day, he got one without with the sour cream, and he loved it. Sour cream, I think, goes pretty well with a torta. I think that's a good deal. It no, adds dude, a little I hate freshness. It's such an American cream. thing. All right. Okay. So you just don't like the taste. That's all it is. Yeah, it ruins the the meal, you know? I would say it overpowers flavor wise. Right. And uh when it comes to the Mexican food, you wanna get all that you know, flavor from the beef and the cheese and the uh pinch of lettuce. I want that charred, salty meat. The charred, know? salty meat. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, he never got mayo on there either, right? Or <laughs> no, no, I've never seen mayo in a Mexican restaurant. I, I don't think they cook with mayo. I wouldn't imagine so. It doesn't seem like it's part of their... Uh... That's like very American. What, mayo? Mayo, yeah. No, overseas, they dip their fries in mayo. Oh, it is like a European thing, huh? It's very European. And don't knock mayo. I'm a huge fan of mayo. I actually put mayo on my cheeseburgers. I like, I like mayo on my cheeseburgers. And you're right to do so. It's delicious, and it's done almost, well, not almost everywhere, but most of the best burger joints throw a little mayo on there. Uh, I, and I hate to admit the Europeans are right about anything, but I will admit, sometimes I'll mix mayo and ketchup dip my fries in that it's delicious oh yeah males you know what that is right there that's an aioli hey not a (laughs) (laughs) look i'm accusing you of being french at the i know french man i knew it was french it sounded french at the very least i accused you of being french 
<laughs> you're lucky you're a thousand miles away. I'd fight you. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Aioli is this is Aioli is my favorite thing in the world. So isn't we, that like the thing around your nipple? <laughs> yes, actually, and it's delicious. <laughs> It's like the dark area. Right? That's right, salty. So uh, here's the uh, here's the thing with aioli. Let me let me dig in the aioli here a little. So aioli is just mayo and some other stuff mixed into it, like some ketchup or you know a little relish. Right, you get the secret sauce over at McDonald's. But a lot of these fancy joints, and this became super famous over the last couple decades with the Food Network uh, shows <laughs> and all that. Putting, you know, doing the aioli. I know people who hate mayo and love aioli, dude. And I'll be like, dude, that's fucking mayo. You're just eating mayo mixed with shit. That's all it is. I've made lots <laughs> of aioli in my life. You, you throw a bunch of fucking mayo in the bowl with a squirt of this and a plop of that and a squirt of that, some salt and pepper, aioli. That's what you got. You call it aioli. That's it. It's mayo. Maybe maybe it's a texture thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it's a social... Mayo st- alone is like no. a chunk. It's like chunky milk. I'll tell you what but- it is. It's a social stigma. People think that uh, mayo is like a fat person it is. thing. Did you say mayo? Whatever. I picture wife beater that doesn't yes, cover the whole belly. Exactly. It, it doesn't have a you're good You're eating image. bologna. Mayo needs to re, rebrand. They gotta like do a refresh to be fresh on some level and uh, you know maybe like uh, sophisticate their uh, their image. Yeah. You know I uh, I was talking to this guy I just met <laughs> the other day and uh, I told him I was from Arlington Heights like <laughs> I grew up there. Oh yeah man. And you can tell right away he was like, oh, nah, it wasn't. I was like, it wasn't like that. I was like, dude, if I had a lunch, it was like a boiled egg and a piece of bread with mayo on it. <laughs> we were just the poor, <laughs> we were the poorest people in a nice place. <laughs> and I didn't even realize I was poor until I joined the army and made an egg sandwich. And everybody was like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> what kind of trailer park did you crawl out of, dude? <laughs> We were one paycheck away from the Drury Apartments down the street, dude. There's no oh, doubt about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking paycheck, about. dude. We barely sp- spoke better English. <laughs> we smelled the same, so it would have been a good fit, honestly. We were one paycheck and like a quarter of a generation away.